guys, welcome back to Hollow Hollow. I'm Bella. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Annika. And today we will be delving into the topic of cancel culture, what it is, some examples of it either being, um, you know, successful or unsuccessful, as well as debating whether or not it is a valid form of holding people accountable or whether it instead is just a toxic trend. So to begin with a brief definition of cancel culture, it is known as a phenomenon of promoting the cancellation of people, brands, or even shows and movies due to offensive or problematic remarks or ideologies. It's essentially like boycotting. Also a point that you know we'll get into later, um, but by definition, cancel culture essentially doesn't really allow a celebrity or whoever is being called out opportunities for growth. And while the act of canceling people isn't really new, there's been a sudden rise in it. Yeah, so really the big question surrounding this phenomena is, is cancel culture a mob mentality or a long overdue way of speaking truth to power? So we're going to explain a little bit about kind of how this whole cancel culture movement kind of emerged. So the term canceled was actually popularized by the reality show Love and Hip Hop in 2014, where someone said, you're canceled. So that was kind of like the beginning of, I guess, what we define being canceled as today. But a lot of people say that this new phenomena of cancel culture isn't entirely new. It's in fact a much harsher adaptation of previous call-out culture, which was really rampant in Tumblr, where people would essentially be extremely transparent and direct when an individual said something culturally and socially insensitive. And I think the reason that cancel culture gained more traction than call-out culture is because as society began to be like confronted with more and more socially insensitive people, Mm -hmm. especially within the demographic that has a lot of power, like celebrities and influencers, they decided that, you know, the traditional approach of like, apology atonement and forgiveness just wasn't going to be enough anymore especially as Mm -hmm. people in those higher rungs of society gained more power um so it became people's way especially those who have little to no power in society like the simple simple people you know to acknowledge that although i do not have the power to change structural inequality and systemic problematic behavior and i do not have the power to change public sentiment Cancel culture is my way of reclaiming my individual power to call you out and boycott this kind of behavior. Yeah, at the end of the day, I essentially think that cancel culture is this huge paradigm shift due to social media. In fact, every member of society can be quote-unquote canceled because of our digital footprint, which is basically the trace of our social media involvement. In fact, employers now are more conscious of what their employees say. For example, we've all heard about Walt Disney firing James Gunn, the writer and director of the Guardians of the Galaxy film franchise, because of his old deleted tweets containing jokes about pedophilia and some companies may enjoy this activism and may actually hire members based on how vocal they are but there are a lot of companies that will also detract their offers i think like in the past month there was the rise of of clara janover's story who's a TikTok and used her platform to show her support for blm and white privilege and all these other movements that are happening now in social media but because of what she said on the all lives matter um, phrase. I think she said something on the lines of, I'm gonna stab whoever says Mm. all lives matter. Um, She was fired from her job at Deloitte, which was an international professional services firm, which shows how powerful your social media platform can be in this era. I think though, like I think cancel culture though is so much more than just a digital footprint. Like I I think like cancel culture itself, like transcends the notion of like the digital footprint because I feel like it is a big part But I think Mm -hmm. cancel culture doesn't rest with the offender, but rather society itself. Mm -hmm. And like 
people who are sick of celebrities, influencers, and like the powers that be masking their true opinion and beliefs just to keep up a following. Like cancel culture to me is almost a large social phenomenon that is so deeply ingrained in like the psychology of Gen Z mm-hmm. more than anything. It's, it's about seeking truth, reclaiming power, and not being controlled by the people in the upper rungs of society. Yeah, and I mean, there have been so many celebrities like recently that have been called out for like these so-called foot-and-mouth instances, right, Annika? Yeah, so I think, so these foot-and-mouth instances basically refer to, you know, these kind of human errors that that directly link the persona to their online platform. So if we talk about the more recent one, so we have Gina Rodriguez, and she accidentally said the n-word and she later apologized for it but she was um very vocally called out for it and then we also have jk rowling who i think she made a transphobic comment basically on twitter and it kind of just disillusioned like you know like she was basically the creator of this entire like fantasy world Mm -hmm. and like so many kids looked up to her so for her to make that transphobic comment was something that was like really like dis like disillusioning for a lot of mm-hmm. young people who grew up reading Harry yeah. Potter and watching the movies. So I think also with the rise of influencers who have, you know, whose main job is to control what gets out on their platform. And you know, the rise of influencers I think is very much, you know, a Gen Z thing. Considering my parents didn't even know what an in, what a quote-unquote influencer was, and because of social media, you know, these people carry the responsibilities of what brands they advocate for and what causes they advocate for. And it shows how consumers wield the power and influencers become kind of like representatives. But it also creates, you know, this phenomenon of like keyboard warriors to determine what is and what is not socially correct. I think yeah, with the I, whole Toddy yeah, and James Charles I think Charles that's thing. a really prime example of like these digital warriors that we're talking about. So um, basically there was this scandal last year um, between Tati and James Charles who are very like pre- like predominant within the YouTube beauty community. Mm -hmm. And so basically what happened was that Tati um, called James Charles out on like a multitude of things in a video that she released. But one very serious claim that she made was of him being a sexual predator. And Mm -hmm. he also manipulated people into sexual acts. And when many people heard Tati's side when she uploaded her video, before they heard, you know, James's side first, Also, mind you, she gave, like, no evidence to back up these accusations. He ended up losing more than a million followers within 24 hours, which is the most YouTube had ever seen in its history. Mm -hmm. But I think that this case study really proves how polarizing the public can be because after James posted... you know, his his own story with receipts, with evidence, which contradicted what Tati had said, he had gained back the majority of those, you know, lost subscribers. So I think that really shows how people can so easily sway from one side to another when when one herd of people strongly believe something, because of how highly dependent yeah. cancel culture is on public opinion, it means yeah. that everyone else will follow. Will just follow. Yeah. That's that's why I think like personally cancel culture is so toxic in my opinion because when it's not used in a proper way Mm -hmm. all you're doing is creating an echo chamber of like potentially false allegations like calling someone a sexual predator is very very Mm -hmm, serious that is not a term you throw around and like after Tati said that about James people were calling him a sexual predator and that with without having really concrete evidence yeah and and again it goes back to that polarizing people will just believe anything without having it Mm -hmm. backed up and so 
suddenly like he has this whole label attributed to him when really was there any like concrete evidence rather than assumptions that proved that he was a sexual yeah. predator? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it really showed the massive impact that um, you know, that creates in terms of like mental health, understandably. Like, mm-hmm. sure. I, I was reading this article that during that time, like, James was seriously considering like suicide. suicide. Yeah. And that is a really important side effect to the toxicity of cancel culture, particularly when people are canceled without the basis of evidence, yeah. like in this case. And I do think that with this, that the whole James Charles and Taddy, Taddy um, situation, that just shows how people sometimes don't take the time to pause and listen to both sides of the story. And sometimes, you know, as consumers, we kind of only sometimes engage in half of the conversation and proudly defend our side until more evidence is, yeah, shows up. I think more than anything, cancel culture has just become such like a bandwagon thing, Mm -hmm. you know, like, because you're canceling this person, I'm going to cancel them as well, because that's Mm -hmm. what everyone is doing. And like, people don't like, look into it, you know, like, they'll just follow anything they'll see on social media. And again, that, that also shows with how like, quickly the sides like public yeah. opinion changed when each one of them posted their story yeah and i think that just like one more interesting point is that cancel culture has not only become like this bandwagon phenomenon but um you know when it comes to these cases where it's like one influencer attacking another it's now become they're using like it's, it's a strategy now right like they harness cancel culture as a tool mm-hmm. of business like, like they're weaponized. essentially yeah they're sure. canceling out like their competition there are so many like conspiracy theories that said basically that like the reason they did it was because like James was literally so popular. Mm-hmm. He was like up and coming. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. was gonna be the leader of that beauty community, and people were threatened. Yeah. So they were like, "Let's like dig some stuff up. Let's expose him and let's throw him under the bus." And like, it's just really sad to see how easily people like rode on that, you yeah. know, like without really taking the time to educate themselves. Yeah. So I think another um, topic that we want to cover is within music. I think Annika and Elizabeth have very varying um, mm-hmm. perspectives on uh, artists accused of cancel culture. So, you know, I think a lot of us have, like there are a lot of artists that have been accused of, you know, whether this is like sexual abuse or um, it's like psychological abuse. Like we have this whole thing with Chris Brown. We have, you know, R. Kelly's whole documentary and Michael Jackson's whole documentary as well. So Elizabeth and I will talk more about our stances on that. Yeah, do you want to go ahead? So. I personally think, you know, I do listen to Chris Brown's music and what he did was super atrocious. And I'm also a huge Rihanna fan. But at the end of the day, even if we cancel artists, I do believe it is a short term movement as people. I'm not trying to generalize, but some people do subconsciously separate an artist's music from their image. And I think the difference with cancel culture in music with, for example, like the business sector is that, you know, when you don't when you don't like what a company is standing for, you can easily find another company that sells the same product. But I think, you know, each artist releases original music, uh, original music, and they don't really have that replacement factor. Let's let's take the whole Leaving Neverland um, example. So if you guys didn't know what Leaving Neverland was, it was a documentary on this pedophilic grooming and sexual abuse that were, I, that I think Michael Jackson and like two of his friends were accused of. And, you know, this kind of, made people and made Michael Jackson, my Michael Jackson uh, fans specifically, kind of culturally reassess the artists that they were supporting. But, but at, the, at the end of the day, people still did listen to Michael Jackson's music, even if his following dropped shortly after the documentary aired. 
it rose in 22%, I think, like, three weeks after. Yeah, so, like, the issue I have with this is with this whole, like, debate on separating artists and art, especially in the music industry, is, one, every single play, whatever streaming service you use, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, as soon as you play that one person's song, that is profit going into their pockets. Mm -hmm. So I I agree that, like, you know... um, each artist produces their own original work and you can't like Mm -hmm. replace it but at the same time like you can choose to avoid supporting those artists like to me you know yeah everybody has their own unique style but like that like it's it's like a question of like what are your own morals you know what i mean like i don't think all people Mm -hmm. like sub i disagree in that all people subconsciously separate image and um you know art because i i read an article where like you know now johnny depp is getting accused of Mm -hmm. physical abuse and there are people who are saying i'm just so uncomfortable watching his movies because now i just all i see is that you know there's a sense of disillusionment as well you know when you look up to someone for so long and suddenly like they've committed something so immoral and so Mm -hmm. atrocious that like you can no longer really stomach being able to support them i think the act of separating artists from artists is fundamentally artist from art rather is fundamentally a question of your own morals like can you still look up to and respect and listen to the person who was after all of this Mm -hmm. like can you really like sit there and like press play knowing that like that is money going into their pockets like have they really changed have they really Mm -hmm. taken it upon themselves to end their violent and abusive behavior like i don't know like i mean there are so many arguments that can be made and like the whole like separating artists versus art thing is like a, a whole debate in like academia in itself so mm, i agree it's it's hard so that's why i think fundamentally it depends on your own morals like can you like will you really be able to because i know personally like i can't for some artists mm-hmm. um after they've done such like horrible things yeah i do agree with you and i know that as consumers we have this responsibility of choosing what kind of artists we listen to But at the end of the day, numbers show that all press is good press. And these studies also show that the attention some of these artists are getting from cancel culture can actually improve their airtime. For example, with this Surviving R. Kelly documentary, despite despite the sexual abuse uh, against underage girls that go back decades and running this sort of sex cult, his streams jumped 116% after the final episode of Surviving R. Kelly. And... For um, Michael Jackson, as for instance, as I mentioned, his um, his minutes also rose by twenty two point one percent. And also, all these rappers that are on the rise, for example, Kodak Black, XX Temptation, who are also accused of sexual abuse. After cancel culture, they all saw their numbers rise. Yeah, so I think the argument of all press is good press is like a slippery slope, especially when we're talking about cancel culture, because I don't think in the case of cancel culture, this holds true, because fundamentally, again, like you were saying, you're representing a brand. So it's a part of your brand image. If you say something like racist, sexually, Mm -hmm. like sexually insensitive or something like that, that's going to stick with you for a long, long time. And like, okay, yeah, the numbers can increase, but like it's your image. People are going to see you like that. And I think the thing with like, all press is good press is that I feel like that's some sense of like a justification on like if that really is the case then like if anything that will just make artists more willing to like make insensitive comments like that because they're they're going to experience a spike mm-hmm. in numbers if all press is good press like yeah okay numbers increase but I think you know your image changes fundamentally and there's no coming back from that but I, that's also another question on that. 
Yeah. So just to end this whole debate, I think at the end of the day, majority of this responsibility also goes to the streaming platforms because they have to tread this, you know, thin line between censorship and what they deem is morally correct. I think Spotify, after all these documentaries were resurfacing, they proposed banning artists that did, you know, participate in all like the sexual abuse misconduct and refused to include them in playlists and promo tools. But I think other artists voiced their opinions out, of, out on that. And this, this policy was scrapped in less than a month. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> no matter how you think artists are connected to their art, whatever your opinions are on that, you can always refuse to give them your money. That's the power you have. And that's the power of cancel culture. And that is like a moral decision you have to make. Do I want to give this person my money after he's physically abused women and has a history of violence? Um, you know, it's it's it, it stems from the fact that you don't want to give them more of a platform. You don't want to make them more famous mm-hmm. or more wealthy. So it's really... A question of your own morals at the end of the day in my opinion yeah i mean i think that morally like that for sure makes sense but also i just have this sense that like cancel culture doesn't really like exist to some extent when it comes to artists like yeah. i think at some point yeah. there are just some celebrities or artists that just become like untouchable or immune to cancel culture like scandal after scandal they either get more popular or they just easily like breeze past it like kanye like chris brown there are just like some weird like anomalies thing so i think another area that it's important to look at is business and the effect that cancel culture also has in playing a role in these businesses yeah i mean yeah so i guess moving on we're gonna talk about i don't know if any of you guys have heard of that video of um a CEO calling racial slurs to a Filipino family during dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think his his company was boycotted in the sense that his stocks went down. And as they should, I think, you know, everybody should be held accountable for their actions. And I think that comp- I, I'm not sure if he stepped down or not, but um, I think he did have some like 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 a reprimandation, mm-hmm. if that's a word. Um, he did apologize. But again, I don't think apology really like that's not going to do anything yeah. in this case. Um, but I also don't want to discount the fact that, like, the stocks going down is probably, like, again, because of image. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to have that brand image with you. Um, and then there was this whole thing with, like, Kim Kardashian, of course, like, where she wanted to name her um, shapewear line Kimono. 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 And, yeah, again, culturally insensitive. But I think this is a case where like maybe cancel culture worked because people were trying to cancel her and she Mm -hmm. was like oh shoot i didn't look at this well enough and she got a letter from like the mayor of like kyoto or something Mm -hmm. explaining the cultural significance she learned from that and renamed her brand Mm -hmm. so i think there's also like an aspect of learning that needs to be taken into account before you like cancel someone completely yeah and i do agree that cancel culture can spark change like if we talk about you know aunt jemima and uncle ben so these are well, Aunt Jemima is a brand of syrup and pancake mix, and they actually said that they would change their name and logo since it was based on a racial stereotype, and I think um, Uncle Ben's all also you know, followed suit. But at the same time, if we have this mentality of condemning brands to these atrocities that they've created, then maybe big corporations should also be quote-unquote canceled. So if we look at fast fashion brands, for example, it's really hard to cancel them even if they're called out for running sweatshops, paying lower than minimum wage, and you know, profiting off of child labor because they simply provide cheaper alternatives and they constantly adapt to the trends in a changing environment. So I think branding plays a huge role in shaping this and also the company's transparency. Yeah, I mean, I think that there is such a thing as 
a right amount of pressure, but there is like a major gray area, which is why mm-hmm. oftentimes cancel culture crosses that line quite frequently. I think when it comes to businesses, there is more of a gray area for forgiveness like Skims or Aunt Jemima. You know, there are better, there are ways to prove yeah, from yeah. their product line <clears throat> through changing their name that they recognize cultural appropriation and like their racist actions. I think when it comes to a singular person and like an action they've done onto someone or remarks that they've said, I think it is a little bit harder to like show or prove their way of change as opposed to how it might be a little bit easier for businesses. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point to make because when you think about these individuals, off, like whether it's an influencer or like an artist, they're often at the mercy of larger businesses and institutions. Mm-hmm. Their record label, whatever streaming service, YouTube or whatever it may be. And it's that's why I think like, you know, cancel culture, yeah, good for calling people out, but then for like concrete change, it really lies in these institutions, which is why I agree that there's like, less of a chance for individuals to really prove that they're redeem themselves because yeah yeah, i mean people are always going to question whether you're actually learning from the mistakes that you've made or you're just saying that for damage control you know Mm -hmm. um so i definitely think that's like a important distinction that should be made yeah yeah so i mean now that we've looked at it through the lens of like social media influencers businesses i think another interesting way to look at cancel culture is through politics like i don't know about you guys but i feel like cancel culture not only is it being weaponized but it's also being politicized in the sense that like people are like 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 politics in general is already like pretty pretty polarizing and in certain scenarios the act of canceling someone has largely to do, in some cases, based off of their ideological beliefs. So, for example, like, I'm not generalizing, um, like, uh, like liberalism in general, but like a liberalist might just outright cancel a conservative person's mm-hmm. perspective just because they're conservative. Right. And while I do agree that both sides at times can have really extreme opinions, um, again like this doesn't create any kind of middle ground for discourse it doesn't create like a way to reconcile those differences if you're just going to automatically oh your perspective is conservative you're canceled or your perspective is liberal you're canceled like how can a democracy function with that and i think it's even taken one step further like even more extreme where someone can be canceled not because of their personal beliefs but because of people that they are close to yeah Yeah. like an actress from killing eve jodie comer she was held responsible for the ideologies of like her republican boyfriend even though she doesn't share said beliefs so Mm -hmm. she's canceled not because of her own actions but through association which i personally don't find very fair it's like where does it stop yeah. yeah. Like, where's the line? It's just going to keep going. It's going to keep going. That's how you know? cancel culture is. And I think is. particularly with politics, like, it's really hard to f- fence it, especially when people are shunning you for not defending their side or what side they deem is morally correct. Yeah, so, I mean, like, I'm glad you brought that up with, like, more, more morality and like, ide- and, like, political ideologies because at the end of the day, you know, each side will always think that they're on the moral high ground. Yep, I agree. And, it, like, you know, it's like that thing we always tease Bella about. I'm right, you're wrong. And there's, like, <laughs> no in-between. No, I'm just kidding. Mm, no, but, yeah, it's, it's that thing. Like, if you firmly believe that, like, your ideological belief is on the moral high ground, okay, so then, like, and that may be so, you know? Yeah. But how then do you, like, entertain other perspectives? Like, what, what when, when cancel culture gets politicized, you're just creating a rigid, like, yeah, 1v1 I agree with that. Mm-hmm. and you're just perpetuating this toxic culture like again there should be some kind of middle ground for discourse you know right. like just because someone is conservative 
or just because someone is liberal even Mm -hmm. and doesn't align with your views like why are you just outright canceling them yeah i think at the end of the day we should all you know agree to disagree because everyone's just gonna have varying opinions yeah that's the thing i mean agreeing to disagree i feel like will just perpetuate that rigid divide divide. yeah Mm -hmm. they're like if it like i feel like that's the argument that people use when they like try to cancel others based on their ideology you know what i mean like if like you agree to disagree then it's like will we ever reach that middle ground i don't know yeah well another um sort of thing that we wanted to talk about under politics um was the me too movement you know since the me too hashtag went viral in 2017 more women have spoken out about their experiences with sexual harassment and assault, which is Mm -hmm. obviously amazing. And I think women feel empowered because they see that their assailants are being held accountable as a result of this sort of like cancel culture. But I think what we touched on a little bit is that the problem with cancel culture is that it is very fleeting. You know, while some powerful men um, can get called out and they might not be as successful after the Me Too movement, I would you know, declare, honestly, that they have hardly been canceled. You know, like Louis C.K., highly regarded comedian, had admitted to sexual misconduct with other, you know, female comedians. And while he was dropped from Netflix, HBO, and his agency, he still sells out shows, like, to this day. And, like, Mm -hmm. Harvey Weinstein accused more than 80 times of, like, assault, misconduct, may have been canceled for a time, but, like, people still support him. Like, yeah. I think... Like, with that, like, there's some people who say that, like, cancel culture, like, because of the way it is, like, sometimes can, like, breed sympathy for the offender. Yes, Mm yes. People saying, like, why should his whole career be, like, in ruins because of this one comment? Like, Mm -hmm. let's, come on. Yeah, Like, really, it should be. Like, unless that person has really shown that they have grown, then you can get your career. That's my opinion. And, you know, because of, like, the Me Too movement getting so popular it has come with a lot of backlash, kind of like related to what you were saying, because people are like some some people who are against the Me Too movement now are claiming that now in this day and age, accusations have turned into convictions that it's gone too far. Mm -hmm. I saw this article where someone had literally said like, well, like the victims didn't have to deal with this persecution. They didn't have to deal. They didn't have to deal with losing their jobs. It's like, for some people, I don't know why it's There's so messed up, it's but really it's become like it's become like a lesser of two evils for some yeah. people. Like, is assault worse? Is is rape and assault worse than like social exile? I think not. I and mean, then, like, yeah, I think that when when people bring that argument up, like the victim never had to go through losing the job. Okay, but like the victim had to go through like years of yes. like systemic ra- racism and discrimination yeah. or abuse yeah i do agree i think that's one upside of cancel culture is that you know you're holding more and more people accountable accountable because at the end of the day as i mentioned previously we all have a responsibility of what we put out there in our social in, on our platforms and you know if we do have something wrong people also have that right to hold us accountable for our actions yeah i think it, it like it Again, like I think I mentioned this earlier, it's about like seeking the truth, mm-hmm. like seeking the truth about these people that hold so much power in society. Like they put on a face and say that like we support this, we support that, but like is that your real belief? And I think cancel culture is good to an extent of calling out this behavior, but creating like some kind of change to prevent this behavior from happening again, absolutely not. Like it can turn into like a really bad echo chamber mm-hmm. of like just false. I mean, like I guess it depends. Like we were saying on like what who's getting canceled if it's an influencer business or like artist type mm-hmm. of thing yeah i mean personally i mean if we're just kind of transitioning towards our end here 
I do think that it has become too toxic and I am someone who is a firm believer in second chances, being able to show Mm -hmm. growth. But I also do think that there are some cases that are just like not tolerable, like abuse, rape, manipulation. It is not fair to give chances in that case. But, you know, the upside to it, I think it it for whoever gets canceled, I think it is sort of like a wake up call to some people. Mm-hmm. I mean, fair, like if we're talking mm-hmm. fairly kind of getting canceled, mm-hmm. if there is some a such thing, um, you know, like lessons learned, like Kim, like um, Aunt Jemima, like the celebrities, the foot and mouth instances, yeah. like they learn why it was offensive and they try to be- like better themselves. At least, you know, I hope yeah. they do. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that just goes to show that like cancel culture i think if anybody's gonna take away anything from this podcast is it's not universal yes. like you can't just like it's like it like you like like we were saying like cancel culture breeds this bandwagon like phenomena mm-hmm. and i think our responsibility as the people who have that power to enact cancel culture is to look at it on a case-by-case basis like bella was saying there are certain things that just should not, not be tolerated be people don't get to have second chances after doing that but again it's about learning about that case you know like and then also about your own moral beliefs Mm -hmm. and i think that's only when cancel culture can truly become something healthy yeah and just some so for some final words to end our podcast i think you know it's our responsibility as members of digital platforms to you know examine um both sides of the story and you know hold people accountable when they're accountable but also not to be so not to easily jump on this bandwagon that Elizabeth was saying. Yeah. At the end of the day, just like one last thing, public shaming is horizontal. You're just going to get the next person to hate that same person that you canceled or you hate. If you want to see real change, you have to do something on your own. You have to call out the industries, the businesses, the people that are supporting such toxic behavior. And I mean, if you're against cancel culture, that's fine, but that doesn't mean you're against social activism. That doesn't mean you're against rejecting the principle of social justice. It's about how do we use our power healthily and fairly. Right. So I think that is all from us today. Yes. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the episode. Follow us on holohalo underscore ph if you guys want updates on our future episodes. And what's that phrase keep your eyes peeled for resources or (laughs) like further reading all right okay thank you guys. guys